0: Give him praise. Give him praise. Are you a child of God this morning? Amen. God bless you this morning. I'll let you have your seats just for a moment if that's okay. Have you enjoyed yourself? Amen. What a privilege it is for us as a children of God to be gathered around the revealing of the word and just uh, just a real privilege for us. And I believe I'm looking at I believe I'm looking at sons and daughters of God that have celebrated their victory. I believe I'm looking at children that have, that have walked out of the, the gates of the prison. And, and I just would like to just say thank you for everything that you mean to me. I may never get to shake your hand or I may never get to go to your house, but know this, that Andrew Spencer loves you with all of his heart and I'm fighting for you and praying for you. And just always know that that we're there for you, and believing and upholding your arms, as it were. And I would just like to say thank you to to all the staff here, to the to the ladies and the sisters in the kitchen. I thank you for trying to kill me last night. It seems like you just uh, have a way of doing that. I think I've added on fifteen pounds after services, and and uh, you guys you guys you guys do it right. You guys do it right. I, I tell you. I don't know. I don't know exactly how much it costs to get in this camp, but I believe I'd have paid about. I believe I'd paid about fifty or seventy-five dollars sometimes to eat some of the food that you guys are being a part of, and it's just it's just lovely. and And so we certainly appreciate all the sisters there and all their efforts, the brothers that are there. And so I just want to say thank you for that and everything you mean to us and my wife and sister Kate, myself, sister Katie. We just appreciate you all and your worship here. You guys are a real inspiration to us, and we just love you with all of our heart. We appreciate Brother John and Sister Sharon for all that they have done for us. They, they mean the world to us. They're, they're real friends, and we certainly love them with all of our heart. And Brother Michael and Sister Abigail, God bless you. God richly bless you. We thank you for grabbing this vision and running with it. And, and so we just thank you for everything that you have done for us. And Brother Biscoe and Brother Tom, we so appreciate and love them. You guys are blessed. You're a blessed people, and so we just counted a privilege to be standing with you in this hour. If if it would be okay, I'd like to read you a praise report that that came from my my dad this morning. Uh, he said this week this week the doctors have declared that that mass melanoma is in the lymph node and both lungs through surgical biopsy, two different procedures. They have asked me to see the oncologist on Tuesday this week coming for treatment recommendation. But here is God's report. On Thursday morning, I got down on my knees and I asked God for a boost. Eight weeks of bad news each week, worse and worse. But God was already on the move. Brother Joseph Green from North Carolina came to each surgery. Thursday afternoon, I was surprised with two of God's angels, Brother Tim Pruitt and Brother Donnie Reagan and their wives. They came to see him there. He says, wow, wow, wow. Thursday evening we, we had a prayer meeting and he came in the house. He made a doctor visit. He brought us a touch that only he could bring. Only God could bring peace and calm troubled waters. I ask you to continue to pray for us in this journey. God is in control. Cannot thank him enough for every, I cannot thank them enough for taking the time and sharing their strengths in this battle. We shall see miracles. This morning, I reported to my wife and brother Tim, I feel like a new man. Amen. We thank the Lord for the report. We have chosen to believe God's report in everything. In everything that we do, we choose to believe God's report. Amen. Amen. Do you love the Lord this morning? And maybe we, maybe we sing that song. You sing that song, Welcome Holy Spirit. Uh, welcome Holy Spirit. stand with me this morning. Amen. Let's just invite him to your pew, to your seat, and say, Lord, one more time, one more service. Oh,
1: welcome, Holy Spirit. Lord, we are in your presence. Oh, fill us with your power. pray Lord we are in your presence fill us with your back is yeah. yeah.
0: Father, we come before you in the August presence of the Lord Jesus. Lord, we sense your nearness just now, Father. Your children have gathered one more time to worship you. Father, we know, Father, that we walk into this building, Lord, one way. and We will either walk out the same way or we can walk out of here different. Lord Jesus, we're going to walk out of here different tonight. I want to come behind the word and say I believe it with everything that's within me. I believe that these young people have had an experience with you. Father, but I pray today would just kind of be like an icing on the cake as it were for them. I pray that it would take them to higher heights. I pray that you lead them in every step that they'll take, Father. Lord, you know who's sitting here. You know what the future will hold for them, maybe lawyers and maybe doctors. Maybe presidents of companies. But Father, I believe sitting here is a body that is that is higher than any Congress. I believe there's a people that are sitting here that are of the kingdom of heaven. And I would ask, Father, today that you would just minister to your children one more time. Lord, I pray that you come and anoint us, Father. Lord, we just take a stand back as it were. May you just kind of hide us, set us down in a corner, Father. May you use my vessel, Father, for a moment in time. I pray, Father, you'd anoint our voice, anoint our ears to hear, our hearts to receive it, Lord. Jesus, there's none like you. There's none like you. May you be glorified today. May you come behind your word and vindicate it with an amen. God bless you, Lord. God bless you, Lord Jesus. We love you with all our heart. We love you with all our heart. We love you with all our heart, Lord Jesus. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for blessing us, Lord. Amen. God bless you, children. If you have your Bibles this morning, we'll, we'll turn over to the book of John, chapter 14 and verse 15. Amen. John chapter 14 and verse 15. and I'd like to speak to you this morning on a thought on lightning in a bottle. Lightning in a bottle. You'll hear Brother Branham many times talking about, about a painted fire. How that no man can get warm by that painted fire. But he said what it takes is for that fire to be reproduced. For you to get warm by. I believe that what you have felt here in these services is that same exact fire reproduced. And I want to say this to you: that that this power does not have to just this just doesn't have to stay here in camp. This can be reproduced next week. This can be reproduced in your life. You can you can have a walk. This could be a start for you, but this could be a walk, and every single day. You can have that same power, you can have that same experience, that same Holy Ghost. Amen. So we want to speak to you by the help of the Lord on, on lightning in a bottle. John chapter fourteen and verse fifteen, he, he, Jesus said that if you love me, keep my commandments. How many love him? And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that ye may abide, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him. I want to hear if you know him this morning. You know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me. Because I live, ye shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Amen. May God bless his word. You may be seated this morning in the presence of the Lord. Have you come to have church? Amen. So you'll hear, you'll hear this. At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. And we know that all that God was, he, he emptied himself, or kenosis, he poured himself into Christ. And and all that Christ was, he poured himself into the church. So here you are standing today with with the just a teaspoon of the same exact power that was living on the inside of Jesus. And I'd like to read to you the same exact quote I read at the beginning of last night's service in the Ephesian church age. Brother Branham said that it is his life that is flowing and pulsating in the church, giving her life. And without Him, there would be no life. Salvation is of the Lord. There was no one with Him when He tried the fierceness of the wrath of the fiery furnace. It was not another but Him who hung upon the cross and gave His blood. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the alpha and omega of our salvation. We are espoused to Him and not another. We don't belong to the church. We belong to Him. His word, is law, creeds, dogmas, bylaws, and constitutions have no effect on us. Yes, it is Jesus alone who walked in the midst of the churches. It is God in her willing and doing of His good pleasure. Never forget that. You have only one relationship to God, and God has only one relationship to you, and that is Jesus, and Jesus is alone. So we realize that we look over in the book of Revelations and we see Jesus walking in the midst of the seven candlesticks. There, it is showing us that He is still walking in the midst of the church ages, and I say this to you that He that He's still here. That the same power that was there on the day of Pentecost is the same God that's here this morning. He's the same God that's wanting to live in your life and take you to, take you to a newer death of your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. But before you can ever make that type of a walk or make that type of a march for Christ, you've got to realize this one point that He is the supreme authority and that He is the Alpha and He is the Omega. He's got to be, He's got to be the first in your life and He's got to be the last in your life. He is and will forever be a living God. When time cease to exist, He will still be God. When there is no more Muhammad, He will still be God. When there is no more Buddha, He will still be God. When there is no more demons, He will still be God. And you will be there worshiping Him day in, day out, day in, day out. And you won't get tired of worshiping Him. You may be tired just a little bit this morning, but when you get on that side, you won't have to worry about going to sleep you won't have to worry about coffee you won't have to worry about gatorade because you will have such an overwhelming anointing that will keep you you won't have to sleep you won't have to worry about taking that two o'clock nap in the evening but you will be there in an eternal body that does not get weak that does not get tired that does not get wore out that does not get sick What is it? It is a lightning strike that has took place in your life that will bring you to that side. You see, Jesus said that in Matthew 28 and 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power, that word power in the Greek is excusia. It means power, authority, and right, liberty, jurisdiction, and strength. And Jesus said that all power is given unto me, in heaven and in earth you've got to realize that that Jesus holds the power the authority the right the jurisdiction but that word that word given is did on me it means to grant it means to put to show to deliver to make it means to furnish it means to endow if you look on on down through the greek word it means to give one to someone to whom he already belonged. It means to return. So Jesus says that all power is is given to me. It's endued with me. But I want you to notice what Jesus said in Luke 24 and 49. He said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be furnished. With the power from on high. Until you be endued with that power from on high. Because this power that Jesus had belongs to you. Are you with me this morning? It belongs to you. So our only hope is in Jesus this morning. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And you you realize this morning that in God was attributes, attributes to be father. And God could not display himself as father, so he created himself a son. In him was to be a sustainer and a healer and a deliverer and a mighty conqueror. But he could not do these things or display himself in glory. So God had to come down from heaven and robe himself in the flesh of humanity. And he fulfilled all of these attributes and these desires that was on the inside of him. But God did not only want that for himself, he wanted that same works, that same life, that same power, that same word to be living in a people, moving through a people. You could say that when Jesus was upon earth, that this was lightning in a vessel called Jesus Christ. And the prophets were looking for this one to come. They were looking for him to come. Now this word, this word, lightning in a bottle, it is the, it is as the moment of inspiration. It is the spur of moment, uh, a thought, it's a great invention, just wanting to be released. So we could say that, that, that God had these thoughts inside of him. Are you following me this morning? That God had these thoughts on the inside of him, just waiting to be released. Now, to catch lightning in a bottle means to to accomplish a nearly impossible task. It means to trap something that is elusive or fleeting. It it is usually in reference to something that was that is creative. And when Christ was manifest. You could say that this was lightning in a bottle, that this was a power in a vessel that had never been seen before. It looked impossible to man. It looked impossible to the theologians of that day. It looked impossible to the Sadducees. But here was lightning in a bottle. You see, human minds could not figure out, as it were, they couldn't figure out how that that how that one man would come behind Micah and Isaiah and Joel and all the prophets and all the prophecies. And fulfill every single one of these prophets. But because Jesus was the Word, He could fulfill every single one of these scriptures because He was exactly what the prophets said that He would be. But here in an earthen vessel was that power. The one that created the world. Here was that power that, that spoke the world into existence. And I find that over in the Bible, that over in the book of Job, that the Bible says that that God hangs the earth on nothing. Now science is trying to figure out how in the world that this earth that we live on is spinning at such a rapid speed. But you and I stand here because of gravity. It holds us in our position. But the Bible said that that he holds the earth on nothing. Do you realize this morning that your life is 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 your life is in His hands? And surely, if He can hold this earth on nothing, surely He can take a good for nothing son right here, or a good for nothing is what the world would say is good for nothing. It can't be used for anything. Surely, if He can hang the earth on nothing, what about you this morning? Surely, He can take something and nothing and make something out of them. But here in this earthen vessel was the power of the one that created these things. This man had the power to come cease. To me this is overwhelming. He had the power to, to create. He had the power to cast out demons. He had the power to cleanse lepers. He had the power to look upon a woman that was caught in idolatry. And look at her and tell her where are your accusers at? Where are your accusers? There were men standing around and said, Ye without sin. Jesus said, Ye without sin cast the first stone. And they all had to walk away. And Jesus looked at her. He looked at her and He said, Woman, where are thine accusers? This morning I want you to look around. I want you to look around and I want to say, Woman, where are your accusers? You may have fell in sin one time, but you don't have to stay there. Where are your accusers? Go and sin no more here in an earthen vessel was a power was an anointing that could say these things that could create Jesus said whom what is greater to say thy sins be forgiven or rise up and walk Woo. he said rise up and walk to the crippled man and he got up and walked here was his power it was harnessed in a human vessel Now Brother Branham would say that I believe it was Benjamin Franklin who caught lightning in the bottom. Who harnessed lightning and electricity. He said something within him called and said there's power in that. That power could be harnessed and you see, man, man did not have an understanding of what lightning was, and so they'd watched ever since the Antediluvian destruction, and they tried to figure out this phenomena of lightning. They wanted to find out whether it was the wrath of God or whether it was His judgment that was coming down and being displayed in lightning. But Ben Franklin, when he came upon the earth, he looked upon that lightning. And he looked at it and he says, I believe that that power can be harnessed. I believe that I can harness this electricity that's coming out of the sky. Now people call ben, Benjamin Franklin crazy. For here he is walking and going out in a storm with a child's toy. And he's walking out there with a cot. And you've been called crazy too. He walks out with a child's toy and he puts on this kite, he puts a metal rod at the top of it and he brings a silk string all the way down and he puts a key on the end of that string and he sends it up in that storm and he has that key hanging there and a chains on the end of that string inside of a jar. And Benjamin Franklin realized he thought that he could harness this power that he's seen in the sky. He looked at it as it would come down and it would strike trees and and how it would change and transform the life. And sure people said he was mad. Sure people said he was crazy. But something on the inside of him said that this power can be harnessed. The prophet said, "If it's that powerful to shoot streets and and burst timbers and split open the ground, what could it do if it was once harnessed, in a light and flash and hit the old earth? And you can imagine this. Let's just kind of set the scene. As Benjamin Franklin, there's a crazy storm that's coming down, almost look like a hurricane's coming down. Benjamin Franklin's riding out on his horse, and he's got his friend riding out on his horse with him." And he's going out there because he's got to have a witness. And so he goes out there and he goes out in the middle of the storm. And Here's this storm a-brewing and, and lightnings are striking And here are all the people. You can imagine looking through the window that night as, as Benjamin Franklin's going out there. And you would look at him and say, man, this dude's crazy. He's going out there. This is a strange time to fly a kite. It seems awful weird that a, that an old man's bringing out bringing out a kite brother Silas to go fly a kite in a storm like this seems like a very weird time to go do it but they didn't realize that Benjamin Franklin was ordained to ride out into a storm he was be ordained to go out there because he believed that he could harness this great power he believed that that, that this lightning strike when it hit that jar that, that, that something would take place. He didn't know what would take place. But when he sent that kite all the way up there in the sky and all of a sudden a lightning strike came down and it run all the way down that silk string and hit that key, ran into the jar. Benjamin Franklin didn't know what he had but he began to scream, I got it, I got it, I got it. Some of you sitting here got filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost last night. You're not sitting in that condition. You don't know. There's some people that don't know what you got but you know what you got. You know that there was a power that came on the inside of you that transformed your life. Whew. People of the world looked on him as crazy. You're going to walk out of this. You're going to walk out of this meeting, and you're going to you're going to look odd. Prophet would say you're an oddball. You're going to walk out of here, and, and you're going to be different to the world. And they didn't understand why you're sending up your spiritual kite. They don't understand why you're sending up your spiritual kite. But you're sending it up to receive His majesty, receive His glory, receive His power. I say this morning, if I were you, I'd send up your spiritual kite. I'd lift my hands and say, Lord, I'm sending it out this morning. And I need that same power that came last night. I need it to come this morning and strike my life. Benjamin Franklin, he was out there fishing on his kite with a key. Tied to the end of the tail and a bottle down at the bottom. And when he got it, he didn't know what he had, but he began to scream, I got it. He didn't know what it was, but he didn't. He didn't know what he was going to do with it, but he knew that he had something. He knew that he had something, but he didn't know what he had. And that's just the way that some uh, of many peoples who get saved really don't know what it's all about. That's as far as they've ever went. That's the same way it is with many of church people today. They say, God saved me from sin, certainly. Well, the God that saved you from sin can give you happiness. You believe that this morning? That the God that saved you from sin, that he can give you happiness. How many wants more happiness in their life? that the God that saved you from sin can have can give you peace and joy and heal your body and rapture you up in the glory. The powers are in there to work. And Thomas Edison believed that. And the people thought he was crazy. Now we got two crazy men on our hands. But yet they believed that something could take place. But he knew he was all right. But he said something in him, told him that the current would follow a certain wire. And he tried tens of thousands of them. He tried one and he threw it over to the side. He tried again and threw it over to the side. But thousands and thousands he tried and still no current. But it didn't discourage him. He kept right on trying wires until he found one that the current would follow. Then when he did that, he gave the whole world electricity. Realize that this Thomas Edison was one of the days' modern day geniuses. But maybe you don't know this story, but there was a time that Thomas Edison was in school, and he he was told by his school, he sent his school sent home a letter with him to go back home, and he on that letter it said it said, only give to your mother. And so Thomas Edison takes that letter and he gives it to his mama. And he asked his mama, says, mama, what's it say? And she said, the teacher said that your child is a genius and we don't have the knowledge to teach him here. So you need to teach him yourself. So that's exactly what she did. She was his mentor. She was his teacher until she died. She was encouraging him. And after she died, she went through her things and he found that envelope that the teacher had sent. And on the inside of it, it said, it did not say what she told him, but it said that your son is too illiterate. He is is not advanced and we can't teach him. We had to dismiss him and expel him from school. You see, that mother had the foresight... This mother had the foresight that she could look at a man and say, yeah, the world's saying this. Yes, the teachers are saying this. But you see, by her encouraging words, she created a modern day genius. What about you, sons and daughters of God? If you could grab one word and encourage somebody, what would you create in this camp? What would leave this camp? Could we say it'd be lightning in a bottle? And they asked him, after he created the modern day light bulb, they asked him, said Thomas said, what was it like to fail 10,000 times? He said, I did not fail, I just learned how not to create. He said, I found out 10,000 ways how not to make a light bulb. You may have failed a lot of times in life, but you have not failed as a Christian. You've just learned how to not be a Christian. You have not fallen. You've just figured out how to get back up. So I encourage you, get back up. You say, I failed today, get back up. The only failure is you staying down. Get back up. The enemy's going to come against you on Monday, but get back up. He's going to come against you on next Saturday, but get back up. Don't you dare stay down. Don't you allow him to keep you down. You have not failed. You've just figured out how not to be a Christian. What was it? It was God going to light the world with his own electricity. It had been there all that time. He was here all the time, but they... They just didn't know how to harness it and make it work. Benjamin Franklin didn't know what he was about to create. When he grabbed this lightning in a bottle, he didn't know what he was about to do. He was about to give light to the whole world. Do you think that Benjamin Franklin, it would blow his mind to see what has advanced just from that one lightning strike? I'd say that it would be overwhelming for him that he wouldn't realize that because... Of this one event in his life that he created, he created the, he created the TVs. He created these things and men harnessed that knowledge and they begin to advance in that. They begin to move in that realm of science and begin to have modern day advancements. And we live in an hour, but I'd say that, that Benjamin Franklin didn't realize what he was getting ready to start. I'd say that if Satan could realize this morning, that if he, you woke him up this morning. Did you pray this morning? Hell has been stirred this morning, but they don't realize what has been created in this camp. Cloverdale is getting a new a new set of young people when you go back to church on Wednesday. They don't realize what's happening, but there's a young people that's come back with a fire. And they said, Mama, if I can get it, you can get it. I'm gonna need you to respond to me this morning. I'm gonna need you to talk to me. I'm gonna talk to you, you talk back to me. I don't wanna have to talk to myself. That kinda gets weird when you answer yourself back. You know all about it, don't you? (laughs) But you know, you may not be able to do what the preacher does. You may not be able to. You may not be able to linger and find sermons and study. That call may not be upon your life. But if you can realize this morning that you've got a part to play. Maybe you can clap your hands better than the person beside you. But if that's you, I'd clap your hands with everything that's within you. Maybe it's your job, only your job to say amen. But say amen with everything that's within you. Maybe you don't know how to how to harness all of this powers of yet. But just get behind it. Just get behind it. Benjamin Franklin's friend was riding on that horse, riding behind him. You may be the guy riding on the horse behind me this morning, but I want to hand you my horse and say, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. There's getting ready to be a releasing of an anointing in this building that will change your questions. You won't be asking, why is this happening? Why is this happening? You'll be saying, God is for me. Well, now the same Holy Spirit that fell on the day of Pentecost that's healed the sick back there, it's been here in the church all the time. But the thing of it is, you don't know how to make it work for you. Now there's a thing that makes it work, is faith to believe. And when you believe and take Him at His word, that's the lifeline. And it cannot fail. Are you sisters... You woke up probably this morning, maybe some more back in the back, maybe did this this morning. Maybe you got up and you ironed ironed your clothes and you made them look all fancy. I know that's what my wife... My wife did this morning, she grabbed the electric iron and she made me look halfway decent this morning. I still ain't got that curly hair or anything, but yet she made me look like how I kinda am this morning. But you know, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna wrinkle these things all up and she's gonna have to do it all over again with another set of clothes. But if Sister Katie would go back through that, go back to that cabin and she'd grab that electric iron and she'd grab it and there's nothing happening, she couldn't just scream out, well, there ain't no such thing as an electricity. She would just have to realize that something wasn't plugged in. So maybe you have not felt what we have felt here this morning. But there's no way that you can say there's no Holy Ghost. All you got to do is get plugged in. Why don't you plug it in this morning? Say, God, I ain't experienced what the kids beside me have. But God, today's my day. This moment's my moment. How many wants more of him? Now the Bible says in 1 John 5 and 4, for whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So faith overcomes death. Faith is the victory over death. Faith is the victory over sin. Faith is a victory over sickness. Faith is a victory over worry. Amen. How many's been worried? How many's been nervous in life? How many's had complexes in life? Maybe you ain't never figured out where you fit in, but faith is the victory. Faith will put you in your spot of belonging. And faith is the victory over worry. Faith is the victory over frustrations. Faith is the victory over the world. Brother Burnham said in the faith is our victory. He said faith is a conqueror. Faith is an overcomer. It, it, it isn't just a peacemaker, it overcomes. And faith is the victory that overcomes the world. What does it do? What is faith? What is the conqueror? Conquer and victory is the same. To conquer, it means to beat down, to override, to handcuff, to throw into prison. It means that the sin that once ruled you, you rule it now. It means that you have overcame it, and you have whipped it, and you're greater. Than it is. Do you realize this morning. That the faith that you had. That you have here this morning. Is greater than sin. It's greater than doubt. That, that what you have received. Is the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And that faith has enough, your faith has enough power to go out and create a new world and go live on that world. But because God has a law, you cannot go out and just create because there's a law there. But you have the faith to be able to create an atmosphere. His brother Andrew was saying that, that he had, he was able to pray. And he was able to break into that atmosphere. If you can realize that you're going to go out. And you're going to have other kids that are going to play all kinds of different music. And all kinds of different things. But you have the power to create an atmosphere. To change the whole situation. You as young people are very powerful people. I just want to tell you this, this morning that... That what is bottled up on the inside of you can be reproduced again. Now there are statements that say now what happens here stays here. Don't let that be at this camp. So what happens at camp don't stay at camp take it back home. Take it to your family. Take it to your job. Take it to school with you. Don't let it stay here at camp but may you be able to say that what I caught, what I caught at this camp is what's going to take me out of here. What's been delivered to you is a faith to overcome every sickness. A faith to overcome every doubt. A faith to overcome every depression and every every temptation. There's a faith here. And you have tapped into that faith. You know, now, now this lightning science tells us that each lightning strike wields the power of a ton of TNT. It wields the power of a ton of TNT and that lightning strike is only there for milliseconds and it leaves a mark wherever it hit. No, I was here. I was here in Canada not too long ago and somebody came to me and told me, told me that my dad was TNT. <laughs> Hell hates dad because he's dropped bombs on, on him for years. So they nicknamed him TNT and they say, your dad's TNT and you're Tannerite. That's so why that makes sense. That kind of makes sense. He said, the person said, now your dad's TNT and what you do is you go and light the fuse and then you run off. He said, but you are Tannerite and all you do is just blow up. <laughs> well, that kind of makes sense. I come, I come out of that same genealogy that he came out of. This did not come out of a Spencer generation where there's nine generation of preachers, but what's on the inside of us is wielding enough power, uh, wielding enough power that'll set you free. Amen. Now lightning, lightning is formed in the downdraft and the updrafts of clouds. So they, they, they tell us, science tells us that, that this great lightning, this great phenomena, it's formed in the updrafts and the downdrafts of the clouds. And I have found in my life... I have found in my life that when I go to lifting up my praises, when I'm in the middle of my storm, that if I can go to lifting up my praises to God, if I can go to lifting up my voice to God, and there becomes an updraft of praise, all of a sudden there comes a downdraft of God's blessing on my life. And all of a sudden it sends down a lightning strike that will blow the eyebrows right off of Satan. There's so much power in your praise this morning. You know, praise is a powerful thing. Praise is a beautiful thing. That when you go to praising God, it brings God down on the scene. The Bible said that He inhabits the praises of His people. So when you're sitting there, you ain't got to be screaming. You ain't got to be hollering. But you can go to praising God. And all of a sudden, there comes an anointing over top of you. Why? Because you're praising Him. Some of the most powerful people I know is people that's quiet People don't say hardly anything. But you can feel them when you walk in the building. You can feel them when you walk in. When you walk in the building, they're already there. They've already created an atmosphere. They've already entertained angels. And they have sat there. And they begin to worship. It's a beautiful thing when somebody has got the power of the anointing of praise upon them. That they can stand there no matter how bad it is. No matter how bad you're going through a trouble. That you can go to praising God. And all of a sudden a lightning strike's taking place. My, my teeny, which was my grandma, my, my teeny Spencer, we called her teeny. Her name was Christine. She didn't want to be called grandma. So we, she called us, she wanted us to call her teeny. But she was the kind of person that was not necessarily a very loud person. When she prayed, she would just whisper little prayers, brother John. She would just, she would just say little prayers and, and she would begin to speak. But I want you to know, brother John, that when she would begin to whisper, you would watch situations change. Now you ain't got to scream. Some of us are built just a little bit different. I'm built all the way up here. And some of you built all the way down here. But you see there's some things in my life that I wish I could be like that. But I'm a very emotional person. But here she's a very quiet person. And she changes scenes by prayer. You may not be able to scream. You may not be able to shout. You may not be able to say amen like some people do. But let your praise loose. You know that it, what that the Bible says that Paul and Silas were there praising God. That they were there praising God and when they begin to praise God that all of a sudden the prison doors opened. But it didn't just open for them it opened for the whole jail. Maybe one of you young people this morning would go to praising God. You'd praise Him in such a way that a lightning strike would take place and it'll set your brother free. It'll set your son free. It'll set your daughter free. When children go to praising God God comes down. I'd say let it loose this morning. Let your faith loose let your praise loose let your worship loose Now, there's a major difference between praise and worship praise is when you're thanking God when you're thanking God praise is when you're going and he's saying thank you God for these new shoes I got You're thanking God that your mama's got enough money to buy you some new, what are they calling things? Jordans and shocks and different things. You're thanking God that you got a, you got a new car. You got a new hairdo. Whoo. Some of you paid a lot of money for that thing. But you're praising God. But there's a major difference between praise and worship. Praise is when you're thanking God for stuff you got. But worship, worship is when you're thanking God for things you ain't got. When you don't see that it's coming, you're still praising Him for it's coming. You're still worshiping Him. When you don't see the Holy Ghost, you're still worshiping Him. You ain't maybe, maybe you don't see deliverance coming, but you're still praising Him because you know it's coming. I'd say maybe you're sitting here this morning. Why don't you let it loose? Maybe you ain't got the Holy Ghost yet. But maybe you just stick your hands up and defy gravity. And you say, oh God, I'm not leaving here the same way I walked in. I maybe don't see the baby yet, but the baby's coming. Brother Barnum said that praise brings the baby. When Mary didn't even feel the baby kicking, she was still telling people about it. Maybe, maybe this morning. Maybe this morning you could say, hey, I don't maybe feel it. Maybe I don't see it. But I got it. 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 And all of a sudden, there comes a birth. There comes a baby. Maybe you just let it loose. Let it loose. And all of a sudden, God comes down. And he inhabits your praise. i I say it's a powerful thing to praise God. praise God. Science tells us it's all kinds of health effects that comes by a lightning strike. Hard to believe it with the record that Brother Ron's got that he's not accident prone and things don't happen to him, but he's been struck by lightning. Ain't that amazing? Yeah. Struck by lightning. Somebody asked him one time, What was it like to get hit by lightning? He said, Well, he said I was weed eating. He said it knocked the whole head off my weed eater. That's a pretty powerful thing. But science tells us that if you get struck by if you get struck by lightning, that it causes nerve damage. You know I found that to be true in the Holy Spirit. You know, when I got struck by him, that it made me shake in different places. It made, made everything just, just move like it. Maybe, maybe the, that this humanistic standpoint, it wasn't supposed to move that way. But when lightning struck me, it made me move in a different way that I'd moved before. Science tells us that it causes brain injuries when lightning strikes. And I found that to be true. I no longer think my thoughts. I think his thoughts. The world may say I'm brain dead. The world may say i got brain injuries. But as for me and my house, I know where i got a lightning strike at. I know what happened in my life. And the world looks at me as a fool, but I'm a fool for Christ. Whose fool are you? Science tells us that, that lightning strike causes heart palpitations. I hope I'm saying that right. Heart palpitations, you can tell me if I'm wrong. So lightning strike can cause heart palpitations and it causes an irregular heartbeat. You know I no longer beat the way that I want it to as the old Andrew Spencer. But my heart began to beat. After his life. And I wanted to live his kind of life. To have the same power. That Jesus could walk down to the widow of Nain's son. And lay his hands on the brow. And he could raise that dead man up. I'd say. Let that lightning strike you. Lay your hands on that brother beside you. And raise up a dead man. You once were dead in the trespasses of your sin. But now since you've been quickened. Have been made alive in Christ Jesus. Now this is going to come down to a very difficult spot for some of you. You may have people here that don't want the Holy Ghost. They don't want to taste what you're tasting. They don't want to eat what you're eating. They like living with buzzards. They like feeding with chickens. This is a very difficult thing for me because I realize that that there's, there's going to be people here and it very, it very much strikes my heart and hurts me that there's going to be people that walk out of here. It's just the way it is. It's just the way it is that people won't accept this power that could be released. There's people that are sitting here saying, You know what? I'm refusing this baptism of the Holy Ghost because you see they don't want Him to be Lord over their life. They don't want Him to rule and reign in their life. You see, a lot of people want to be saved and they don't want to go to hell, but they don't want Him as their Lord. They don't want Him to be Lord over everything that they live in, every aspect of their life. But you see, there's people, it it, it hurts my heart, it breaks my heart, and it makes me spend time after time, nights in prayer, just thinking about the people that sat here in this presence and did not get a touch. It breaks my heart. It breaks every son and daughter of their heart. So maybe, maybe that's you. Maybe you're sitting here and you just don't want this good old-fashioned Pentecostal revival. But you know, I want to tell you something, if that's you. That science tells us that if someone is standing within 30 feet of a lightning strike, that they can experience a blast wave equivalent to an 11-pound TNT bomb. So if that's you, you better run for cover right now. Because there is lightning that is striking. You better not get in 30 feet of me. Let me put it in another round. Satan better not get close to this camp. There's going to be a bomb drop. There's going to be a lightning strike here that will wield the power of a ton of TNT. There's going to be a young people that said it's for me. Satan, you better not get close to us. We're liable to blow up at any time. I say let it loose this morning. Let's send Satan right out the gate this morning. Hallelujah. I found that to be true in life. That the power of the Holy Ghost can hit you in such a way. One time my dad was praying for a lady. Praying for a lady. And all of a sudden the power of God hit her. And all of a sudden it picked her up and pushed her back ten feet. Never seen anything like that in our lives. But all of a sudden the power of the Holy Ghost hits her, picks her up, and drops her ten feet from where she's standing at. Ain't that the truth? That lightning has the power to pick you up. Hallelujah. I want you to know when I got that lightning strike 12 years ago, I no longer thought the way I thought. It picked me up like it picked Philip up. And it took me to a eunuch. And I started preaching this gospel and said, Hey, you can get baptized. You can get filled with this Holy Ghost just like I got it. What good's it going to do to harness this power and never use it? To have all of this equipment at your hands. To have all of it and not use it. What good would it do for Jesus? For God to come down and fill 120 vessels. And just leave them there. And they just had their own house party and they had their own house church and he just left them there. What good was it going to do for them? But they didn't stay there when they got it. They went out. They stepped out of the streets and they started speaking in another tongue. They started speaking in every man's language and they come out there and Peter said, these are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that. This is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. What good's it going to do? I can tell you about this power. I can tell you about the lightning strike. I can tell you about your praise. I can tell you about your worship. I can tell you about this message. I can tell you because it's real to me. But what good is it going to do if I tell you this and you don't believe it? Are you with me? Brother Brandon said the Holy Ghost come to give you power. Give you power in prayer. He said you take a person that's lived a good life. They're always defeated. Oh, I tell you. Oh, I tell you, a good person. Oh, I sure love the Lord, Brother Brandon. I'm always defeated. And they never get a prayer answered. He said, you feel that little woman with the Holy Ghost one time. And watch what takes place. When she goes before God, she's not defeated. She comes boldly to the throne of God, believing she has a right. Because she's a daughter of God by birth. He said, you take that little man so cowardly, the boss can just kick him all over the place. He say, wait a minute. Something's changed. He's got the power. He's got the Holy Ghost. He gives you power. Your life is full of power. He gives you power in speech. The Holy Ghost gives you power to talk right. A power to live right. A power to be holy. A power to be just. A power to be pure. The Holy Ghost is a power. And the reason why Satan hates you is because this power puts you in a position to put him in his position. Are you with me? Bible says in John 1 and 12, But as many as received him, to them gave he power. To become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and of truth. You see, there are things that there are benefits that come when you're born from above. You receive privileges of the Father, real privileges and honors of the family. You get these benefits. He's the Lord our God that heals all of our diseases. Don't forget His benefits. The Bible says in Romans 8 and 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. And heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, If so be that we suffer with Him, we may be also glorified together. Galatians 3 and 26, for ye are the children of God. Somebody say, you are the children of God. By faith in Christ Jesus. The prophet would say, I'm an heir of divine healing. I'm an heir of joy. I got a right to be happy. So what makes you so happy? I got a right to be. How do you know? Because I'm an heir to it. Amen. Now I feel religious. Yes, I'm an heir to the happiness. I'm an heir to joy. I'm an heir to peace. I'm an heir to eternal life. I'm an heir to the Holy Spirit. I'm an heir to every evidence is God. I'm an heir to the authority of God. Amen. Who made you that? Not me. He did. Every one of you is an heir to the same thing. An heir to a throne. He that overcometh shall sit with me on my throne. As I have overcame and sat on my Father's throne. Amen. I'm an heir of all things. Not just one thing, all things. Everything's under your feet. Even death is under your feet. Grave is under your feet. Hell is under your feet. Sin is under your feet. Everything is under your feet. You're an heir. You are dead and your life is hidden, God, through Jesus Christ. And you are rose again to eternal life and sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Call us anything you want to. Call us what you want to. Say we're crazy if you want to. But we're heirs. Heirs to what? All things. I want you to say that this morning. We're heir to all things. I'm an heir to it. I can walk up in my daddy's house anytime I want to and get myself a PB&J. Why? Because I'm an heir to him. I can walk up in there. I can get a coffee anytime I want to because I'm an heir to it. You can walk up in here this morning and an heir, being an heir to Jesus, you can ask what you want to and you can get what you want to. You said ask that your joy may be full. The reason why you have not is because you ask not. You're an heir to all these things. So why wouldn't you take them? Why wouldn't you take these things? Why wouldn't you take it? God's for you. Who could be against you? The Bible says that there's no weapon that's formed against you. It should prosper. It can't prosper. I can tell you by the Bible, that over in the Bible in 5 Philippians 4 and 13, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What goods is it going to do if you don't believe it? What goods you it going to do if you just leave it laying there? Well, I just want to stay back and I want to listen to my music. And I want to do my own thing. You see, you're showing where you're coming from. You're showing what world and realm you're coming from. You can have this same lightning strike your life. We say, well, I'm battled on every side. Well, you're not alone. Me too. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I can trust God all the way through. Let me tell you, you trust him. He'll be right there. You trust him and he'll be right there. You take a step and he'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll be with you. You've got to be willing to receive it. I wonder if there would be somebody that would say, I, I want to receive that this morning. I need God and it's like never before. Amen. God bless you. The reason why you can reach out and grab a hold of those things is because you're an heir to it. It's yours. You can have those things. Jesus had all the power in heaven and earth, but he didn't keep it to himself come to give it to you come to give you a new birth sin is a very evil thing sin comes in and it'll destroy your life it'll rob you of all your peace it'll rob you of all your joy it'll rob you of your friends sin's a very evil thing sin's a killer sin will show you show you having a good time by smoking a cigarette but it won't show you the end result sin will show you a good time of drinking a drinking an alcohol beverage but it won't show you the end result it won't show you cancer in your lungs it won't show you it won't show you it won't show you, won't show you a eat up liver it won't show you all those things but sin is so enticing it's so it's so out there so so it's trying to it's trying to grab you it's trying to grab you and just bring you in but you don't have to stay. You don't have to stay in that. Look, I understand. I understand that world. I understand that sin is pleasurable for a season. I understand those things. I grew up in one of the greatest homes there is possibly to grow up in. I knew all the I knew all the quotes. I knew about the 42 inch caribou. I knew about the green checkered shirt. I could tell you about serpent seed. I could tell you about, I could tell you about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But it never lived. Until there was a lightning strike. It never lived. Do you see? Because all it was was an intellectual conception. I, I, maybe, you don't, maybe you don't believe this. But I want you to know that when he came. He made all of those things so alive. And I began to testify about the God that I met. I met a God on the streets. I met a God, and God had came and softened my heart and changed me. And it hurt my heart so much when I went back and tried to tell my friends. I tried to tell them about this Holy Ghost, I tried to tell them about these things. But they couldn't receive it. And they wouldn't receive it. Because they didn't hear the voice that I heard. And Satan had done his very worst at my life. To try to rip me apart. To try to tear me apart. He tried everything possible to lead me down roads that would destroy my life. And I would not be here today if it was not for this lightning strike. I would not be here today. I would have been, I would have been in the grave because you see, there was a killer after me. He was coming after me with everything that was within me. He was trying to kill me with drugs. He was trying to kill me with all types of sin. He was after me. But there was a God that was rich in mercy. And He reached down His hand. And He did not leave me in that condition. But He took me to a higher height. He took me to a level that I could understand. Why? Because before the foundation of the world, I was an heir to these things. You see, you may have fallen. And you may be so covered up in sin that you may think there's no way that I can live right. There's a blood that washes all of that. The biggest thing is forgiving yourself. Now, now I'm on ministry to you right here. The biggest thing is forgiving yourself. God's already forgive you. God's got a power that He's so much God that He is the one that created all things. He created all time, space, and eternity. But when you repent of your sins, He can't remember it. But you're stuck there with a memory that remembers you did this. And you remember you did that. And there's always an accuser there, always accusing you. Well, I seen you when you did this. I seen when you got on that dirty website. I seen when you smoked that dope. I seen when you looked at the wrong thing. I seen this. But God don't remember it, but you're still sitting there. You're sitting there and you're thinking, I did these things. I want you to know there's power in forgiveness. If you look down in Matthew 6 and you'll read through the Lord's Prayer, Jesus begins to break into forgiveness. And if you can go into prayer and start start praying to a God that will forgive you of all of your sins and forgive you of all of your iniquities, and you can break into a prayer and you say, God, I've got these tormenting devils in my life. I looked at the wrong thing. I said the wrong thing. I talked to my mama the wrong way. I, look, I did the wrong thing. And you can break into a prayer and say, God, I'm asking you send the Holy Ghost down through my memory, down through my conscience, down through every channel of my spirit realm. And all of a sudden, I'm telling you today that there's a Holy Ghost that'll purge your memory. That'll tell you that you are a son and daughter of God before ever Satan put his hands upon you. You didn't belong to him. You belong to God from the foundation of the world. You may have made a mistake. You may have fell in sin. Get back up. Get back up. Get back up. Don't you stay there. If you need help, call out. I'm here to help you. There's a holy God that's here to help you. Oh, hallelujah. When you go to asking God, Satan has tried his very best to tear you apart. He's tried his very best by scars in your family, scars in your past to break you apart. But I want you to realize this, that you were gods before Satan ever got a, got a little handhold on you. You were gods before Satan began to put a little chokehold on you. You were gods. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I was gods. I was gods. I want you to say it till you believe it. I was God's. I was God's before the foundation of the world. Before I was. Before I was Sam Ray's son. I was God's son. Before I was Michael Ray's son. I was God's son. Before I was born in this church. I was God's son. I was God's son. Before I ever was a Spencer. I was in God's mind. And what was in God's mind. Had to be released. Had to be released. Had to be released. And all of a sudden there came a lightning strike that bottled up on the inside of me the same power same life same holy ghost same word same manifestations Now this jar that Benjamin Franklin had in his hand had on the end of that kite was a laden jar a laden jar It's built in Germany and this jar was built in such a way that it had a tin cup on the outside and on the inside of it was a glass jar. And then on the inside of that was tinfoil. And down on the inside of there, there ran that silk, tr- that silk string. And on the inside of there, there was a chain that was touching that tinfoil that when the lightning struck, that when the lightning struck, that it sent a charge into that jar. It sent a charge into that jar that this, that Benjamin Franklin was watching in the sky was now harnessed in this jar. Here, Benjamin Franklin grabs a hold of this. It's harnessed. He's got a charge. Now they tell us that if you take that light, that jar, which is the same thing as a conductor, is what I understand, or a, a capacitor in this hour, it's the same thing that it has that it had that charge on the inside of it. Now you can dismantle that jar. It was built in such a way that it could be dismantled and took apart. Take away the chain. Take away the fall. Take away everything. Isn't that just how Satan has done your life? He's tried to rob you of your, rob you of your faith, rob you of your joy, rob you and try to dismantle you, dismantle you, tear you apart, strip you down. Tried to offer you everything that he could offer you. He robbed you and he dismantled you and he tried to tear you apart but science tells us that you can take that lighting jar and put it all back together and it has enough charge on the inside of it that it'll light a hundred watt bulb light bulb for three months i say this to you satan's tried to tear you apart there's enough power on the inside of yourself that'll send hell right back to its place there's a power There's a power here that'll set your soul aflame, make you live right, make you talk right, receive this message, live this message, be this message. I hope you realize what I just give you. I give you something that'll be there with you in the night hours. I give you something that'll be there when there ain't no friends around you. Satan's done his worst. He's tried his very best to destroy the Spencer family, to destroy the Ray family, to destroy the family of God. But there's so much power that when there is no more devil, there will still be you. Jesus had enough confidence in this power. He had so much confidence in this power that he could climb up Calvary's tree. He could climb up that hill and he could bear all the pain. He could bear all the reproach. Everybody's speaking about him. Everybody's spitting in his face. But he had so much quick, he had so much quickening power. On the inside of him. that quickening power. That confidence that he had on the inside of him. He realized the more they hit him. The more you were healed. The more he they striped him. The deeper they put those thorns in his head. The greater your victory. He was willing to go to the cross. Because he had confidence in that quickening power. That what David said in Psalm 16 and 10. Though y'all will not suffer your holy one to see corruption. And now will not leave my soul in hell. Well, looks like I broke something. There's enough power. Well, I'll just preach with it in my hand. Brother Michael's battery died last night, but that was a physical battery. That was not a spiritual battle or a spiritual battery. You see what's living on the inside of Brother Michael. His his iPad may die. His technology may die. But I want you to know there's so much power in Brother Michael Ray. That even if he ain't got his iPad. There is a Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of Brother Michael Ray. That Satan is so afraid of him. You see, you can take away my iPad. You can take away my computer. You can even take away my Bible. But what's on the inside of me is the same Word, same power, same life, same Holy Ghost. Turn with me to Daniel, chapter 11, verse 32. We good? All right. Well... Now I've told you about that power. Now it's time. It's harnessed. Are you harnessed? Daniel chapter eleven 32. I've told you about it. Now I'm going to tell you what you're going to do with it. Now what I'm going to give you right here is not skim milk. But I'm telling you what you were born to do. You were born to do these things. So before I move I want to ask you Do you know God? Do you know God? Amen. Amen The Bible says here in Daniel 11 and 32 And such as do wickedly against the covenant Shall he corrupt by flatteries But the people That do know their God Shall be strong and do exploits that the people that do know their God shall be strong they're not weak in faith they're strong that the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits, shall do extreme things, shall do things that's a paradox to the rest of the world. It's unbelievable, but it's true. Because you know God, because you know where you stand at, I'm talking to you about a people that are going to, that are going to release extreme things out of their life. They're going to be supernatural things happen in their life because they have been charged and they do know their God. They're not weak in faith, they're strong in faith. They say, know their God, shall be strong, and do exploits. This is a people they know in whom they have believed. This is a people who understand the God of heaven that is fighting their battles. This is a people that are not pushed around by the enemy. I'm talking to a people that's been hit by lightning. People that's been struck by lightning. They're not pushed around by the enemy, but they're pushing him around. This is a people that know their God, that know He's not three persons, but they know that the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are all one. And this is a people that's been baptized in His name, that live in His name, that speak in His name, that worship in His name, that live in His name, that do every word and deed in His name. And they shall be strong and do exploits. We are moved by a spirit. And if healings was in Jesus, healing is in you. If faith was in Jesus, faith is in you. If power was in Jesus, power is in you. If visions was in Jesus, visions are in you. You can't separate the body. The headship of Christ has come down. The intellect that was in the mind is now operating in a body, moving in a body, channeled in a body. And if Christ had rights... You got rights. If Christ had power, you got power. You have went and you took the book out of the mighty angel's hand. You ate the book. You became the book. I'm talking to you about a people. That's so completely yielded to him that the bride knows what he wants done with the word. When she says house of hell give way, house of hell has to give way. When she says cancer's got to leave, cancer's got to leave. There's a people that is so in harmony with the father and the son that they do exactly what he says. She don't move because she's standing on thus saith the Lord. A people that hell can't hold. A people that hell despises. A people that hell hates. A people that God, that God is for and Satan is against. A people that cancer is eating and trying to destroy your life, destroy your spiritual life, destroy your natural life. There's a greater cancer than in the body. There's a cancer in the spirit realm that's trying to eat up your spiritual walk. But I say let the Holy Ghost loose against that cancer this morning. Did he not rob you of your joy, rob you of your peace, rob you of your happiness? Let the Holy Ghost loose on him. Amen. Who's stronger? Who's stronger, cancer or God? Who's stronger, sin or God? Who's stronger, depression or God? Who's stronger, complexes or God? Who's stronger, sin or God? Who's stronger? Who's stronger? Who's stronger? Who's stronger? If God's for you. If God's for you, if God's for you, if God's for you, you are a people that know your God. You know your God. You know your God. Slap your neighbor and tell him, I know God. Be easy doing it. Don't slap them too hard. But you know who you are. You know where you're at. You know where you're living at. So you can stand in that moment. You can stand in that moment when when the pastor ain't around. You know your God. You can stand there and you can realize that the same power that was in Jesus is on the inside of you. You can stand there in that moment when the pastor ain't around, when the deacon ain't around, when your mama ain't around. And you can say the same power that lived in Jesus is living on the inside of me. And when Satan comes to rob you, Satan comes to kill you, you can say take your dirty hands off of God's property. I heard last night that you are a loser and I'm a winner. So I'm going to take God's word. I am stronger than you are, Satan. Why? There is a power on the inside of me. Brother Branham said which is stronger. A son of God or an archangel in heaven. You are stronger than the angels in heaven. The same power. The same life is living on the inside of you. You are carrying a DNA that is a Holy Ghost DNA. You can go all the way over to France. You can go into Belgium. And you will find the same Holy Spirit that lives here. Lives there. You can find the same Holy Ghost that makes a young people live right. It will make them live right there. This ain't just for camp. This is when you go out of camp. Now if God is for me, who can be against me? And who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Every believer in him tonight is so possessed, so possessed, and so completely given over to his words, become like the words of Christ. And I want to tell you that the devil has to recognize you because it's recognized the one on the inside of you before. He was defeated. He was defeated when he walked up and he healed that woman. He was, he he was, Satan was defeated when he walked up and cleansed the leper. Satan was defeated when he raised the widow named son. Satan was defeated when he tried to kill and try to rob Lazarus. And he was defeated when Jesus said, come forth. He was defeated. He was defeated when he climbed up on Calvary's hill. He was defeated. He has to recognize the one that defeated him 2,000 years ago is the same one that's living on the inside of you. And if Jesus defeated him then, he's got to defeat him now. Come on, somebody. If Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he's got to do the same work. Come on, somebody. He's got to defeat the same devils. I'm talking about a people that do know their God and shall be strong and do exploits. There's a people that's on the face of the earth that the Bible says that ye are of God, little children, and have overcome him because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. What is in God is in me. I'm made of the same material. I have been stacked upon blood cell, upon cell, upon cell, and it's made a word body, moved by a word head. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Respond back to me. Do you know who you are, Brother? Random said this, 1960 in the adoption series. He said, "Now this may choke you to death, but did you know that men that are sons of God are amateur gods? How many ever know that?" Which God said in Genesis chapter two that ye were gods, because they were and had full domain over dominion of the world. He gave him dominion over all things. He lost his godship, he lost his sonship, he lost domain, and Satan took it over. But the prophet said, My brother were waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God who will come back and take it over. Say that word, take it over. Waiting for the fullness of time when the pyramid gets to the top. When the full sons of God will be manifested. When the power of God will walk out hallelujah and will take every power that Satan's got away from him. Yes sir, it belongs to him. This is the hour. We're not waiting for another hour. This is it. This is it. We are standing in the moment of the manifestations of sons. We are here. We have arrived. We're not waiting. This is a young people that will take a rapture. We're at the top of the pyramid. We're at the last stage and we're here to take every power away from Satan. Take it away from him. The prophet said it belongs to you. Take it away from him. Who's going to help me? Who's going to help me? Who's going to say, I am ordained of God to take Satan's power away from him? If you're the bride of Jesus Christ, all that was in the head is in you. And the bride ain't sitting back. She ain't backing up and she ain't giving up. She ain't turning around. She's marching onward. But Brother Branham said that she's standing on her feet. This is your moment to put your foot on your enemy's neck. This is your time Joshua had time. He needed more time. So he asked for the sun to stand still. Maybe this is your time. Maybe you've been waiting for your time. Maybe you've been asking, God, I can't leave here. God, I can't do this without you. You know that none of us can do this without him. We can't make it through. It is he and he alone walking in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Never forget that. This is your moment. You come to this camp. And you can't leave here the same way you came here because you know if you leave here, you're walking back to death. You're walking back to a family that's that's disrupted. You're walking back to a life that seems so discombobulated that they don't know which way it's going, going up or going down. But you know, you know, you've got to know where you're at when you walk out of here. Don't walk out of here until you know where you're standing at. And if you know where you're standing at, I want you to say just like Brother Branham said, the bride's standing on her feet. She's standing on her feet. You are His victory. You're His victory. So where God's going to work at today is going to work in you. You're not the church of tomorrow. You're the church of today. Don't ever underestimate your value of how powerful you are. There's some young people back in Virginia that believe the same God that you believe. They live, they live the same kind of life that you live. And they desire the Holy Ghost just like you're desiring it. They walk to according to the beat of the music. They're walking and they've heard the voice that tells them to get back in line and march onward, Christian soldiers marching as to war. There's a young people that just like you. So you're not alone in this. But you have the authority, because you know who you are. You know where you're standing at. But you have the authority to take the power of Satan away from him and do with it as you please. There's a young lady at our church. And she, works at, she works at a convenience store. And there was this lady that was giving her a rough time. And she, she, was, she was giving her a rough time and a rough go of things. And this little, this little lady, just dainty little lady, Brother Michael, just, you know... <laughs> But she knows where she's standing at. And this woman was giving her a fit. Giving her the what for. And she began to curse her and say all kinds of ungodly things about her. And she says, you wait. You wait till you get out. And I won't beat you up. This little lady said, huh, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. Because she knew where she was standing at. She knew. She knew where she was standing at. But you know when it comes closing time, that little that lady that was cursing her was nowhere around. Because there was a little lady that says, we'll see about that. What about you today? If you can look out at Satan and say, huh, we'll see about that. You said you're going to destroy my life. We'll see about that. I was born here to rule over you. I was born here to overthrow you, to overtake you, to conquer you. We'll see about that, Satan. You say I'm not going to live right. We'll see about that. We'll see about that. Do you take you serious this morning? I take my job serious I take my job serious very serious because I love what I do and I want to be right in everything that I do and I've had all types of critics rise up against me and try to tell me that I shouldn't be preaching no more they try to tell me that I shouldn't stand up here no more so I just go back to the Bible they tell me I can't preach so I just go back to the Bible and the Bible says how shall they hear without a preacher So I'm going to keep on preaching. I've had people try to tell me, Brother Martin, that I shouldn't worship no more. I've had people try to tell me I shouldn't dance no more. I've had people try to tell me that I shouldn't worship and I shouldn't praise God no more. But I went back to the Bible. And I found what the Bible said. And the Bible said in Psalms 150, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent graceness. Praise Him with the sound of a trumpet. Praise Him with a psaltery and a heart. Praise Him with a timbrel. Praise Him with a dance. Praise Him with string instruments. Praise Him in organs. Praise Him on the loud-sounded cymbals. Praise Him on the high-sounded cymbals. Let everything that hath breath... Let everything that hath breath. Let everything that hath breath. Let everything that hath breath. Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. So I went back to the Bible. And the Bible said I should be worshiping Him. So I'll just take what the Bible says. They tell me I shouldn't have, be emotional and I shouldn't be excited. But I went back to what Brother Randall said. And he said that anything without emotion is dead and you need to bury it. So I'll take what a prophet said over what a top of critic says. They said I need to go back to the Bible. That I need to go back to the Word. But if you ain't figured this out by now, that's why we're shouting. That's why we're dancing. That's why we're worshiping. That's why we're preaching. When the world don't want it, you want it. you know it's lightning on the inside of you that's going to reproduce again now firefighters tell me that when they go into a house and they're looking they're looking at looking at this fire that, that that's burning this house that they're looking at all types of different fires they're looking at how it's working in the room and there's a certain type of fire that's called an overflow And they, they look at that fire and what they see is when that fire, what it is, it's a flow over and it's basically rolling over top. It's rolling over the top of the, the ceiling. And what they're looking for, you see that fire senses that there's a lukewarmness on the inside of that room and it's wanting to, it's wanting to purge into that room and get there. And so, so they realize these firefighters realize that they've got to put that fire out before it gets over there. I want you to know that that is what Satan is trying to stop in this camp meeting. He's trying to keep it from rolling over from you over to your neighbor. Rolling from you over to your neighbor. And so Satan is trying to blow his lukewarmness on top of you from catching on fire. But he can do all he wants to. When God's looking on you, that same fire that fell on the day of Pentecost will live on the inside of you. It'll light your fire. I'd say, oh God, just overflow. Just begin to move in this place. Begin to touch lives and minister to lives and flow over, flow over. Move in this life. Move and touch my life. Begin to move, oh God. Begin to take us from this realm. There's lightning on the inside of you. There's lightning on the inside of you. And there's some people that don't want this fire. But this fire that I have, the world didn't give it to me. And the world can't take it away from me. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me, so the joy, the world can't take it from me. This love that I have, the world didn't give it to me, so the world can't take it from me. This Holy Ghost that I have, the world didn't give it to me, so it can't take it from me. Are you with me this morning? Satan didn't give you this overcoming power, so Satan can't take it from you. This same Holy Ghost is here. There's people who don't want it. There's people who don't want this message. But they're just proving what Jesus said. That you can't fill old bottles with new wine. So thank you for confirming what Jesus said. But I'm looking at a young people. That's got this stimulation of the revelation of the word. And they want exactly what God's put in this hour. You see they have been recreated. They've been transformed. And what's living on the inside of them it's only the Holy Ghost in power, and it's going to keep them alive from day in and day out. Amen. 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 Do you love Him? Will you serve Him? Will you praise Him? Let
1: the sister say. Let the sister say.
0: Let the brother say. Let the deacon say. We got three, four, five. All right. Let the church say.
1: Amen. Oh amen. Oh amen. 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 Everybody say amen. Oh amen. 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 Can you live right? Amen. God good, amen. amen, will you love all your life, amen. amen, will you serve him, amen, 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 amen. it's God good, amen. amen, do you, will you, will you, will you serve him, amen, 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 amen. well ain't God good amen. to give us so many blessings undeserving. That's what we are. Well, ain't God good. To give us so many blessings and undeserving. That's what we are. Will God is good. Oh, all the time. Oh, God is good.
0: All the time. But we ain't got the right course. They ain't got the right, so we need Brother Ryan to come. We need all of these brothers that know how to praise Him on the organ, praise Him on the high-sounding cymbal, praise Him on the low-sounding cymbal, praise Him with a string instrument. And I need everybody else here that has breath in their lungs this morning, I need you to go to praise Him here. You see, God's come down and visited you this morning, this camp. You're going to leave here. I want there to be a, such a shout in your life, such a praise in your life, that you will let the devil know where you're standing Now, when you wake up in the morning, he knows you woke up. Your breath may be stinky as all get out, and you may need to (laughs) shave, but he knows you rolled out of bed that morning. You better be careful, young people. When you get married, you'll find out all too soon that how these brothers and sisters look here ain't exactly how they wake up in the morning. (laughs) They come here looking all pretty and the hair all done right. These brothers are all fine and shaved up and looking good. Like Brother Michael. He's my guinea pig this weekend. I keep picking on him. But you're going to find out that they're gonna, you're going to roll over and you're going to say, Oh, my goodness. There's a dinosaur in this room. There's a chainsaw sitting on the pillar beside me. Are you sure? Brother Anthony, it's gonna be okay, buddy. She'll get over it. She'll get over it, but it'll be okay. But when you wake up in the morning, she may think, "Man, Tonka Breath Five has just woke up," and she may get all disturbed. Please get up. Please take a shower. Please brush your teeth. She may think, "My goodness, there needs to be some work done." I know that what Sister Katie says. But I'd say she, sometimes, maybe not all the time, but maybe sometimes she wakes up and says, Ain't God good to give me Brother Angel. There may be some times in your life when you ain't got your hair just combed just right. I just made you laugh just a little bit, but I want you to get this. There may be some times when you ain't got your dress clothes on and you don't look like you headed to church, but Satan knows you're getting ready to have church. Because you rolled out of your bed and because you know who you are, Satan gets all hot and bothered and all disturbed, and it begins to have a hot flash and get all worried about what in the thunder is gonna to happen today. Well, guess what, Satan? They're gonna overcome and they're gonna win. So you might as well get used to losing. You have lost ever since the beginning, and you will keep on losing. There has been a lightning strike. There's been a lightning strike. How many could testify there's been a lightning strike? Has been a lightning strike, and you're not leaving here the same way you came into this camp. And you can sing this song: "God is good all the time, all the time. God is good." Do you believe that? You believe that? So I want you to remember these moments, this moment in camp, that when you don't feel like God is good, you remember that you testified that God is good. How many? How many has been delivered in this camp? All right, now I want you to take a look around. Keep your hand up. I want you to take, everybody's been delivered. I want you to take a look around, young people. There's people just like you that were delivered. Now I'm going to ask you another question. How many people has been set free? Raise your hand. You've been set free. I want you to take a look around, young people. And when you feel like you're in bondage, you can look around and say, Hey, if lightning struck right there, lightning can strike right here. How many have received the Holy Ghost in this meeting? Look at them hands. Boo, devil. How many received the Holy Ghost in this meeting? Raise your hands again. Now I want you to stand up. I'm challenging you to stand up that received the Holy Ghost. woo hoo Woo! Back up, devil. Now you that have not, and you're still lingering for it, I want you to take a look around. And if lightning struck them... Lightning can strike you. Hallelujah. Go to praising God this morning. Go to praising Him this morning. Go to lifting your voice to Him this morning. Go to praising God this morning. He's as good as His Word. He said that He would refill you with the Holy Ghost and He filled you. He said that He'd deliver you and He delivered you. He said He set your soul aflying and He set your soul aflying. He told you where you belong at. He told you that the same power that lived in Him is living in you. You can leave here completely set free. You can leave here shouting. You can leave here singing. You can leave here dancing because you got what you came for. Hallelujah. Y'all sing that song in Canada, Victory's Mine? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It ain't just a Virginia song. You know, Brother Bisco came to our church one time, and I think it, we, we were singing, I think we are singing, I'm gonna fly away. I think that's what we are singing. But there is, there's just a southern thing sometimes that <laughs> slow songs down. I mean, some kind of crazy way, they got to, maybe they can't pronounce the words just right or something. We got that twang down here in Virginia, got that country, and so we couldn't say it as fast as maybe Brother Bisco said. And so he said, Hold up here, let's just, let's, let's, let's speed this up. Let's get a little, let's have a little victory here. Let's speed this thing up. Let's sing a song of victory this morning. You know, sometimes. Muhammad Ali when he was up against the ropes and his, his conqueror, or the man when the arena was, was fighting him and pushing up against the ropes. You know what Muhammad Ali would just do? He'd just start smiling back at his enemy. Why don't you just start smiling? <laughs> You'll know what I'm smiling about. You know what I'm smiling about? I'm getting ready to whoop you. You know what I'm smiling about? Sometimes you may not even feel like it. You may not even feel like you have having victory, but just start smiling. You just start smiling. Last night I don't know if you noticed, but I was standing over here beside Brother Michael. As <laughs> Brother Michael was having himself a good time. And I just started smiling. I just started smiling, Brother Ryan, because the enemy was getting ready to get whooped. And there were some young people that were conquering. There were some people. There were some young people that was praying through. And maybe the enemy had you up against a rope before camp, and you just start smiling. Cancer thought he whipped me. Cancer thought he had this Spencer family. Cancer thought he may have had your family. Sickness may have thought he had your family. Sin may have thought he had your family. But just start smiling. Who's going to smile with me? Now, this is greater than Muhammad Ali. This is the bride of Jesus Christ. Just start smiling. And sometimes, I'm going to tell you, my Christian walker, sometimes I just have to smile. There's sometimes that I just feel like nobody's around. But I just start smiling. Because I figured out in life, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I can just start smiling because I just know that this is an enemy that's trying to make me feel worthless and useless. And I can start smiling because I know one bigger than me is about to show up with the silence. He's about to show up and show out because he's God. Victory is mine. Do you want to celebrate? I like... I like celebrating. World's got their parties, they got their social events, and they have a celebration like never before. Man, they'll stand out in the freezing cold, and they'll celebrate their team, and their team's probably going to lose, and they'll celebrate, take their shirts off, paint their face up, and all kinds of things. What about us this morning? Shouldn't we be able to celebrate? Shouldn't we be able to sing, "Victory is mine, victory is mine"? Victory is mine, not just my neighbor's, but mine. If that's yours, I'd like, if victory's yours this morning, I'd like you stand. And I want you to sing this song like never before. I want you to sing it with meaning. Sometimes you got to worship with attitude. <laughs> you got to worship with attitude. Say, hey, 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 I know where I'm at. Do you know where you're at, Satan? You're about to lose. Victory is mine. Well, victory
1: is mine. Oh, victory is mine. Victory today, it is mine, my, mine, mine, I told Satan to give me high. Oh, victory today is mine. Well, I woke up this morning. I didn't have a time. I knew that the Lord would bring me out. So I. Said, Lord, help me, please. I got up singing, shouting, Victory. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today. It is mine.
0: Because I believe that after the seed's sown, that it needs to be watered. There was a story of a young man, an eight-year-old boy that one time in South Carolina that was kidnapped. And he'd been a he was he'd been raised by his grandma and went to church all, all of his life, basically, and he desired to be there when his parents didn't want to be there. And this young man was outside playing basketball, and and he was out in the streets there in South Carolina, and this young man. Sure, eight eight years old afraid scared put in the back seat of a car and this 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 kidnapper was sitting there so all this little boy all he knew how to do was just praise he'd heard about people that that would praise and that satan would set them loose so he started singing a song every praise is to our god oh every word of worship With one
1: accord, every praise, every
0: praise is to our God. As this young boy, as he began to sing that song, that kidnapper shouted out to him, Shut up, shut up. And he just started singing with a little bit more attitude. And he started singing, Every praise. Every praise is to our God. The kidnapper hollered back at him and said, Shut up. Shut up. I told you to shut up. And just started singing louder. Every praise is to our God.
1: Every praise. Every praise is to our God. And he started moving higher. Sing hallelujah our God oh, glory hallelujah It's to our God every praise every praise is to our God
0: the kidnapper said I told you to shut up and he just kept singing he just kept on singing and he kept on singing and he kept on singing you know what the kidnapper did that little eight-year-old boy had started praising God so much that the kidnapper kicked him out of his car. Because an eight-year-old boy began to realize the power of worship and the power of praise, and a kidnapper had to kick him out of his car. What about sons and daughters of God this morning that can go letting the praise loose? And all of a sudden the shackles start falling and prison doors start opening. Why don't you let your praise loose And say every praise is to my God Let me loose Let me loose Let me loose Let me loose
1: Every praise is to my God through our-
0: say I've been set free how many could shout I've been changed how much worship is due him every bit of it if he set you free I want you to sing like never before I want you to lift your voice and I want you to send out a praise that will reach God let it loose in this camp this camp this camp it may have been a different style of camp or maybe a different setup the past years. But this camp was your camp. This camp, your camp. Woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Every praise is to our God. I want to say to you that I love you from my heart. I thank you for preaching with me. I thank you for responding with me. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for praying for my family. Praying for my daddy. I believe it's your prayers. I believe it's young people like you that'll reach out and touch God. And we'll say, we won this victory. And we'll start smiling because cancer had to leave. Demons had to leave because young people begin to praise God. Ain't God good? Let's send up another praise offering to Him. And let's sing that song, Brother Ryan, every praise. Every praise ain't to your mama, and every praise ain't to me, and ain't every praise ain't to the deacons or the brothers here. Every praise to God. The God that delivered you deserves every bit of it you can give Him. So I just start singing. As Brother Michael leads. You, I would say, let's just start singing. Just start singing. Maybe you don't feel it right now, but I want you to start singing. I want you to put into action what you heard. Let lightning strike. It can be reproduced. It can be reproduced. God bless you. Every praise is to my God.
1: Every praise is to our God. Every praise is to our God. Oh, every word of worship with one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our i
2: Glory, glory. Ten thousand. Ten thousand reasons. Ten thousand reasons. Bless the Lord. Oh my soul. <laughs> we sang this last camp. This is an anthem. This is an anthem. I could, I could start preaching. <laughs> we had a weekend. We had a weekend, didn't we? This is where we belong, is right. That's where we started. I can imagine the prodigal son. Where did he he started? He where did he where did he belong? I'm just going to talk just a moment here because this is where it started. This is where it started. God is trying to tell you where do you belong. Satan's trying to tell you belong in his world. His, in his Under his binds and his bonds, right? That's where it started. God came and said, you don't belong here. You don't belong here. But what happened is because God came and he came to himself. And only God could do that. God came and he came to himself and said, I don't belong in this muck. Satan had him so deluded that the muck was, this was better than where he came from. A father's house. With robes and food and all the riches and the glory of his king, of his father's kingdom. And here Satan had brought him into the muck and the mire and something changed. Something came across the pulpit and said, you don't belong in the muck. And he came to himself, he says, I belong in my father's house. What a celebration that was when he came over that last hill and his father's looking and you know the song, when God ran, that father ran to him and said, you belong with me. You belong here. He threw a robe on him. He gave him his ring. Yeah. That was a celebration. And right now, we're going to kill the fatted calf. Yeah. Because many of you have come to yourself tonight, yes. this morning, last night. Yes. Yeah. You praise him. Yes. You shout. You came to yourself. God gave you the grace to come to yourself. And find out this muck and this mire is not where I belong. <laughs> and now your lightning bolts. I love it. That was good, yes. lightning bolts. Yes. So we're going to sing ten thousand reasons. Ten thousand reasons. Bless His holy name. You're going to have to help me on this one.
3: Oh my soul, oh my soul, worship is all.
2: spoke your names and I remembered each of you and we see your names on lists and I pray and I know your needs and I know what God needs to do for you and then I can come through this and see the Lord move like that oh that makes my heart worship worship is holding in that he can come and start meeting individual needs in a personal God that was the burden the Lord knew what we needed here it was a personal moment this is an unstreamed service this is our moment this weekend has been our time. Just us and Him. Not going to the world, not going, it's just right here. And God was able to come down and just start walking and have a, have a personal moment with Philip. Amen? Have a personal moment. Have a personal moment. Just here. Just with you. That's special. That's our God. We started with Sacred Sands. And we opened the service on Sacred Sands. What did, what happened with Moses after he had that moment? What happened? Let's just go down that road a little bit. Where did Moses go after that? He met the pillar of fire in a burning bush. And God met him in a personal way. And he knew who his God was. He gave him a commission. Commission of what? Go and take Egypt down. And he walked away from that experience. Knowing God is before him. And he was a voice to Egypt. Let my people go he was a lightning bolt in a bottle and he systematically through the word of god took pharaoh and all of egypt down and it was a rubble after he was done because of a personal experience with the burning bush that's what you are go into egypt go into this world and be a lightning bolt and strip satan of everything he's tried to do and start being be a moses in your world That Satan wasn't good enough. Wasn't good enough. Satan's best wasn't good enough and couldn't take you down. That's beautiful. Start striking. Be that lightning bolt and start striking in your world. When a lightning bolt strikes, man, it's loud. It there's thunder that comes along with that. It cracks. Lightning ain't silent, is it? Go into your world and start lightening it up. Because you're going to have to. You're not going to go away from here, from this experience. God meets you here, and you have an experience with God. You're going to go out, and Satan's right outside here. We held him off at this gate right here. Ain't coming into camp, Satan. There's a gate right there, and he's going to start pounding you right there. And that's when you're going to have to know... The anchor holds. That's when you're gonna to have to know, anchor holds. That's why we're here. We're fortifying you, okay? And you're gonna go out there, and then you're gonna start striking, striking back to the word of God and your testimony that God did for you here. All right? And you're gonna to have to start. There's gonna be things you're gonna to have to deal with. You gotta cut stuff that's so gotta cut away. You can't just just right here. No, you got things that you got to deal with out there now. You got friends you're gonna to have to talk to and say, God met me here. You to make that stand. You just can't slide back in and oh, it's kind of you know easy. No, no, no. If God did something for you, you got to say something about it. He went into Moses went into Egypt and he wasn't like, well, God told me you should let my people go. Oh, no, he did not do that. He stormed into his palace and said, "Let my people go." Okay, well, you can go, but we'll leave the children behind. No, Pharaoh. No, Satan. We're not letting the children behind. We're not leaving them behind. Is that right, parents? There ain't nobody, no, none of our kids are being left behind in the world. Brother Bisco wrote a song, We'll Not Leave Our Little Ones Behind. Is that right? I wanted to sing that. I know you're the little ones. But I wanted to sing it. I'd solo it if I could. Ain't happening, devil. Not today. Not on our watch. Ain't happening. God's given us what we need and we're taking them with us. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. That's right. I love it. We need to sing a rejoicing song. I want to, you, you quoted one brother Andrew. Some glad morning. And we'll sing it fast. <laughs> Some glad morning. Are you ready to fly? I am ready to fly away. That is more real to me than it ever has before. That is more real to me than it ever has been before. We can say it. We are the generation. We're going to go on a rap. We can say that, but just as real as your experience is, that rapture has to be just that real because it's just that next little step. And some glad morning, when this life is over, I'll fly away. Let's sing it like we're ready for it in the next five minutes. Amen. Amen. will
3: some glad morning, when this life is over,